Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling is really a story of comeback. It's a story of, and I'm sure lots of you have been through this in business. I know that I have back in the day. For people who don't know, I went through almost bankruptcy at the beginning of my business career owning a Mexican restaurant, uh, and it was absolutely horrible. And so this story is about that comeback. This is about, you know, the magic word of 2020 and 2021 is pivoting. And it was about that and how they really have come out of this and just an incredible story. Uh, really appreciated um, talking to Haley, and I think you guys will love this one. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by Mindful Marketing. At Mindful Marketing, they use ads to get you off using ads. Most e-commerce brands rely heavily on Facebook, Google, Snapchat, Twitter, and all the other paid platforms for the majority of their revenue. At Mindful Marketing, they use paid ads to help you build a community of loyal and repeat customers that will exist long after Facebook and Google do. In fact, Mindful Marketing wants to offer you a free e-commerce growth plan that they normally charge $500 for. A recent growth plan customer said, our ROAS tripled overnight after implementing their tactics. These guys are no joke at Mindful Marketing Co. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash grow to claim your free e-commerce growth plan today. Now on to today's episode. All right. I am here with Haley Elliott from Purusha People. Haley, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan. All the way from the, the countryside of Connecticut. Not that I even understand that concept. I mean, I get it, but I'm a Canadian, you know, so, uh, you know, we're, you know, we don't know as much about America as you do. So <laughs> anyway, this is not going to be a geography uh, podcast today. For people who don't know you or your story, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I'm Haley and my brand is called Barusha People and it's a yoga clothing brand. And we make yoga clothing out of plant-based materials versus synthetic materials, which a lot of other brands are doing right now are recycled synthetics. So we feel like wearing natural fibers and wearing things that are of the earth are more in alignment with yoga and with the whole practice of mindfulness and being aware of where your stuff come from, comes from and who makes it and just if it's actually safe and healthy for you and for the planet. Gotcha. Can you give me an example of a natural fiber versus uh, synthetic? I think most people probably know, but just for our audience who may not know and be in this, what's the difference? Like name, name a couple of the natural ones versus the synthetic. So synthetic is anything that's made out of polyester or nylon and spandex, which we do have to include a certain percentage of in our fabric to make a stretch. A lot of brands that are eco-friendly are doing a recycled polyester, which is made from recycled plastic bottles, which is more sustainable than virgin plastics. These are all from petroleum sources. So those are synthetics. And then natural fibers are anything that's from grown from the earth. So would be cotton. What we're using is called forest fiber tensile, and it's made okay. from trees. Cool, cool. That's great. That's awesome. Thanks for that. So you guys started in 2009. I'd love to hear the journey. Like there's a lot in there. So what what happened? Like 2009 and now everything's exploded and it's amazing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Yeah, we've been around for how many years is that? There's that's yeah, so 12 fears. Yeah. 12, is it 12? It's 2021. Yeah. So I started the brand in 2009 and probably a couple of years earlier, I was just disillusioned with working in nine to five. I was living in New York City. I was an assistant to a men's clothier. We made suits for guys on Wall Street. 
and it sounds really fancy and fun, but it was like not creative and it kind of was soul sucking living in New York. I, New York was not for me. And I lasted six months there and I moved back in with my parents at age 24. And uh, when I got there, I was like, just really relieved to not have to make money or be in school or whatever I'd been doing all those years. Like I kind of could just like take some time and figure out for me what was meaningful. So I kind of like sat at home basically for a year in the best way possible though. I, I met my husband during that time at a dive bar. I smoked some weed. I did some acid. I learned about like what. <laughs> All <laughs> what the things made. you should do, you know, like as you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did it in a safe place and I kind of was like diving into what, what made me feel happy and what I was good at instead of having to like just jump right back into something which you do so often when you're in school and then college and then a job. There's no resting period no. in there, you know? You go high school exactly. and then there's all this pressure to like, okay, now you got to figure out what your career trajectory is going to be. So you got to go to college and then yeah, other people yeah. get to- How to, are you going to know what your career is going to be when you're in college? Like, totally, no. totally. And I feel like people get to like, I'm 35 now and people get to this age and they're like, I just want to breathe. Like, I just don't want to like continually the cycle where it's just all about yeah. success and working and, and, right. and not having, you know, and, and then, and then you realize, like, I think, I think I'm on the same page. So you're like, do, do I even know myself? <laughs> like, yeah. Cause you've been working exactly. so hard. Yeah. So I, it took me around two years at home to figure out what I was into. I really loved yoga and I had gone to a yoga teacher training a couple of years ago and got certified to teach yoga. So I felt like I wanted to do something in that space. And at that time, there weren't a lot of activewear brands. This was 2008-ish. There was like Lululemon and there was a couple like kind of crazy tie-dye looking brands, but nothing in between. So I was like, I think I should make yoga clothes. I'll try it out. I'm a really bad sewer, so I'm not going to sew anything. So I bought some blanks from American Apparel. I don't know if you remember them. They're not around anymore. But I totally buy, remember like, American Apparel. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I bought some blank white yoga pants made out of cotton spandex and I got tank tops and things. And I taught myself how to um, dye with natural plant dyes and taught myself how to screen print. And I started making these clothes and I sold them on Etsy. And I didn't, it wasn't like immediate success. I started to slowly sell stuff. And Etsy was kind of newish back then too. Yeah. So it was a lot easier to get in on Etsy. There weren't a lot of people making yoga clothes. So I could easily sell some things and it just kind of grew from there. And then two years later, I, I had been waitressing after that. So this was around like 2014. Or no, yeah. 2000, I started business in 2009. So around 2011, I was able to quit my job waitressing and I could go all in on my business. I wasn't making a lot, but just enough to pay like a modest rent. Yeah. To replace your income as a, as a waitress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably the same amount of money. So um, I saved up some money and um, I wanted to move to California because I felt like that was the place to be to grow your brand and to go where there's some, some manufacturing. There's nothing like that here in Connecticut. So we, me and my husband, well, my boyfriend at the time, who's my husband now, me and him and my dog, we all drove out there and we rented this little house that was beautiful in the mountains of Los Angeles, this little studio that's all we could afford. And I realized that I wanted to have my clothing be made out of, like make it ourselves rather than use American Apparel. So I hired a seamstress named Nadia, who's still with me today. I put out an ad for her on Craigslist. Wow. Yeah. And so she started sewing everything and I was just selling more and more of it and I was still dying and screen printing it and I would meet her under the freeway in Los Angeles and we would call ourselves yoga pants dealers because I would like meet her down there and she'd give me the pants and I'd pay her and then I'd go back to my house and I would die and screen print everything so that was kind of my life for a couple of years and then um 
I, I feel like so many people could probably relate to that story, right? Of like you at first you just do everything, right? Like yeah. you just you got to be yeah. that point person and, and you really have to do everything to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And I was figuring it out as I was going along. This is my first business. So I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but it's selling. So I'm gonna keep I kind of just was following what was selling. Yeah. So I had a website at that time too. I was using IndieMade. I don't know if you've heard of that, but IndieMade I don't like I've I've never heard of it. I'm assuming that they're gone. Is that right? <laughs> Sadly, they probably are gone. But yeah, that was like pre Shopify. Yeah. And we were doing really well. And then one day in the fashion district is where you buy your fabric. I don't know if you have that in Vancouver, but it's like an area where they sell all the fabrics and like it's a lot of jobbers are there who sell all kinds of things for apparel. So yeah, we don't we don't there. have that same sort of that same sort of garment district like you guys do. You have to go mm-hmm. all over the greater Vancouver area to find all that. Okay. So yeah, you kind of just go this couple streets down there and I found this shiny metallic fabric and it kind of caught my eye as like something shiny does. And I was like, I'm gonna try to make some leggings out of this. Before that, I've been really like rigid about my stuff being organic and natural and using plant dye, but I noticed that on the market, like like printed leggings were becoming really popular and kind of crazy leggings like things people hadn't seen before so i was like i'm gonna try to sell this metallic legging i'll just make a few and see how it goes so i had nadia sew it and it just sold super well like right away people were just loving this metallic fabric yeah and meanwhile i was like this is weird i don't wear this stuff i don't really understand it but i'm selling it so okay we made it in different colors and we sold a ton of it and then we got into like urban outfitters and we got into a couple other big retailers like yoga outlet and I was like, wow, I'm really doing it successful. I made like $200,000. That was our peak at that time. So I was feeling like, okay, this is just going to keep growing. I didn't know that. Yeah, we're selling this metallic leggings. And I was like, kind of confused about what our brand was becoming because we had like these organic hand dyed things on the side, but it was mainly metallic leggings. So we were selling that and the next year, this was probably like 2015, 2016, I started to notice that our sales were going down. And I was like, oh, you know, they'll just pick back up. I don't know what's going on. But then I noticed we had a lot of competitors because yoga wear is so popular. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. People are coming in and, and I mean, there's a low barrier to entry with like metallic leggings buy metallic fabric and make it so other brands came in and they were making the same thing pretty much but they were doing it way better they had like better sewing machines because Nadia is sewing at home we had some industrial machines but she didn't have like the flat lock machine which is what you really need athletic apparel and yeah um, yeah, she couldn't really we couldn't compete and also they were really good at branding it because they knew that customer really well like, I think the kind of girl that wears these metallic leggings, she's like going to Burning Man and going to festivals and stuff. And I'm like super introverted and wear like kind of more basic things. So I was like, I don't understand this. I, I mean, how can you compete with some other company who's who knows their customer and they are their customer? And I have no idea. Like me and my husband were trying to take some pictures of myself wearing the pants because we were trying to get some content. And I had no idea how to even wear the leggings. I was like, do you wear it with a winter sweater? Do you wear it with like a flannel? And it just looked so bad. I'll see these pictures come up sometimes in like our slideshows. Like, oh my God, that's so weird. So at this point, the business is going down here after year and around 2017 I had a two-year-old son so we were like let's move back to Connecticut we can manufacturing Nadia's gonna stay there we can still go back and forth and just have her make stuff so we moved back home to Connecticut and then we got a really nice rental because we've been used to at that point kind of living in Los Angeles where you pay a lot of money you pay like we pay three thousand dollars a month for rent and uh, yeah. so we got very a- similar to Van- Vancouver style <laughs> yeah yeah you get kind yeah. of like used to that I think that's normal so we moved back here and we got this beautiful rental for 
around that price point, which you get so much more for in Connecticut. Yay, this is awesome. So we're living there. And then the sales are just still going down. At this point, we could only really survive it, like having massive like blow up sales, like 50% off. Yeah, yeah. And it was really, really hard times. In 2017, 2018, we just, we didn't have any money. My landlord was amazing. He helped us out a lot by letting us use our deposit to pay rent, but we didn't borrow money from family. We were lucky that we had these people there to, to support us. But the business is clearly failing. I'd wake up like some mornings just crying in despair because I was like, this is my my baby, like the thing that I created and yeah. it's doing so bad. And I feel like there's no reason we should even exist because like we don't have sales. I don't know who my customer is and we don't have any edge over any other brand. Like what do we offer that's unique or special? I just knew it was, it was bad business. So we knew we had to move. So we Next year, like 2019, I was pregnant with my daughter and we had to downsize from this nice rental to a house, which we bought, which we were able to borrow money from our parents again. We had to like downsize to this really tiny, like rundown house, which I live in now, but I love. We fixed it up and we made it ours. So it was very humbling kind of to see like, this is actually where we are right now. We're not where we were a couple of years ago and how are we going to fix this? So at that time, we were trying out a lot of different brands. Like, um, <laughs> believe it or not, we are probably our most successful other thing we attempted was making mint rollers to for our clothing we always like lint roll everything to get the fuzz off and we package orders and I was like I really liked using these massive lint rollers to do it and I noticed there weren't any lint rollers like that big so <laughs> I got some made in China and we tried to sell those for a little while they actually did well but you had to do like huge minimums so like I just sampled it and I sold them and I was like okay I can't ever reorder because I can't order 20,000 lint rollers yeah, yeah so yeah. We, tried, we tried that we tried other apparel brands I tried like a kid brand I tried a maternity brand called Willa Avery I tried a blank yoga pants company called California Yoga Supply I wanted to kind of compete with American Apparel and be organic but we could never get our price point low enough to compete we tried something called Yoga Deals HQ where we were like let's get other brands who want to get rid of their yoga clothing and we'll sell them for a discount on a website we had a lot of ideas but nothing really panned out and I always kept coming back to Purusha people I was like that th- that's the thing I love like that's where I want to be but I just felt like it was just done you know mm. so so t- please tell me the story doesn't end there <laughs> no it does oh my god <laughs> that'd be the worst most uninspiring story <laughs> 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 that's it so 2019 um, we have nothing to lose we're moving into our we were moving at that time out of the house we had our in-laws there helping us move I mean it's just down the road to the smaller house like a different part of the town that I was like I could never picture myself just living in that part of the town so I mean so humbling to be here now and I'm so happy that we've gone through this journey but at that time my husband was like I, we had a conversation one day and then somehow it got through to me he's like what's meaningful to you what would make you feel happy every day to get out of bed to do what do you understand? What would you wear? What would you, if it doesn't have to be clothing? What 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 would you want to do? And it was funny because like the kind of that place that we were at at that time was exactly where I was when I went to my childhood bedroom uh, ten years ago and tried to think like I had the time all of a sudden because we're like broke or move. I, I don't know what was going to happen to us next. So I kind of had all the time in the world. I mean, no one's buying our stuff. I didn't have work to do. So I was, I was like exactly the same. I was like, I want to make things that I want to make things that are beautiful. I've always thought I'd be running a business when I was young. I used to do all kinds of things like sell beads on the side of the road and have a lemonade stand on the side of the golf course. We ran a kid's summer camp for all the neighborhood kids and made like thousands of dollars when I was like 10 years old. So <laughs> I've always felt like this was my path was to create something that I loved and to share it with people and to make a living off of it. So I kind of just came back. I was like, I want to do 
what I used to do, which was make clothing that I love and dye it and screen print it and have it like infused with meaning and have it be like what I think yoga is in like a material form, which is actually what Purusha means. I mean, the soul of the universe is what exists within all beings that's divine. Mm. Yeah. So I was like, I just want to make the clothes I used to make. So I went to Nadia and I found a really great tensile organic cotton spandex I had her make some really basic leggings and top and I again I dyed them and screen printed them with very similar to what I was making 10 years ago I was back then I was making like dandelion prints and I actually doing dandelion print right now for our collection so for what I did that year was some moon phases and some ferns and like the colors that I liked and I photographed them on like a flat lay on our porch while we were moving and my in-laws were there and I really think they were like this woman is insane I was like nine months pregnant and so sweaty I'm like just trying to make this work they're like she will not get yeah (laughs) so I did that and then I put them on my Instagram and I don't really know who my audience was at that point because we our brand was so confused at that time so we kind of I kind of got a good response but like not a lot so I went into the back end of Instagram and really primitively like boosted my posts to interest groups like I didn't know what I was doing but I kind of knew the kind of girls that would be into that stuff so I put like tarot cards and zero waste and hooping and hiking and dogs I put all these interests in a group and then I boosted the post and right away people clicked with it and it was like crazy how immediately people recognized that they loved it and I found my people and then ever since then that community is an amazing community of women who care about the environment so deeply that they're vegan they love the earth they love animals they really care about where their money is going so I found this group of women who is actually really big and really are looking for the kind of stuff that I was making. And, and are they you? And, like, is that, is, are you kind of coming back to you now? Yeah. Like, like you are your target demographic. Exactly. And that's where our success has really come from is, is that I, I am that person. So it's like, we, and I am inspired by that person too. So it's this really great relationship where like, they're teaching me things. I'm teaching them things. And we're like growing together and mm. really organically and like recognizing the authenticity in the brand. So since we rebranded, that was summer of 2019, things just like, it was almost like starting a new business at that point Yeah, because it was so different than what it was. And it was so focused. It actually made sense. There was nothing like I, it was really hard. I still had the metallic leggings on the site and they sold. So I had to get rid of them because I was like, this makes no sense alongside these beautiful organic pieces. Yeah, totally. So I got rid of those. And that was really scary because I was was like, am I going to lose money? Like I kind of had to remove certain elements of the brand that didn't make sense. And it was scary because I, I was like, I was really gun shy about everything. I'm like terrified how to not lose money because that's how I've been running the business for years. Yeah. So yeah, after we did that and I kind of just got brave and just did what had to be done to make the brand make sense. We really, really grew quickly and we went from like $3,000 a month by running massive sales <laughs> To making ten thousand dollars a month in just a couple months, and then like we doubled from that over the next year, and then the business grew five hundred percent in twenty twenty, and then this year we've already grown like three hundred percent from twenty twenty. So we're just what an it's awesome. amazing. It's like a miracle. <laughs> yeah, what an awesome story. Because really, you started a new business, right? Like, yeah, it's kind of like what essentially happened. Yeah, I think that's super inspiring for people, especially people who've been in this for a while and they are starting to feel like you know things are plateauing and maybe. Maybe some of the ideas are starting to dry up. I feel like that's very, very inspiring for people to hear. Haley, I got to ask you the question I ask everybody who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? 
I mean, I really feel like it is understanding your customer and kind of being your customer mm. and building that community and having those people who feel like a kindred spirit sounds kind of like AG, but really feeling like this connection with you and the brand and then them wanting to share the message with the world because we have a really robust ambassador group of women who, who love sharing our stuff. And yeah, I think that if you find your people, it's really easy to go from there. And I mean, and more of a, practical level i would say it's an instagram ads <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. being able to know that person and know what copy they like and what images they like and really embodying that and then work those images and that word those words into ads that go directly to the right people like there's no question about it maybe our person likes that like really knowing exactly what they're into and finding totally. them and that really helps when you're marketing to you right and you understand you're like okay this is kind of like this if these are my people this is what i would respond to yeah exactly and also i'd say being unique because social media you know you see some of the same images especially in yoga you see someone doing a yoga pose like years ago it was like oh wow look at her doing that handstand on the beach but now it's like you don't even see that anymore. you're like this i've seen that so many times you just scroll right by so if you can create images that are really powerful and unique and be creatively you i think that helps a lot too not copying someone else and what's working for them really finding what works for your brand yeah you. yeah awesome that's great uh i've got three more questions for you uh what is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now oh definitely waking up by sam harris it's a meditation app and I've, I've had actually, so many people say that. Really? Yeah. It's really, really important as an entrepreneur, I think, because we're so busy and we're so all over the place and you're a parent. So you understand like to kind of to run the business and be have kids. It's like you're so many places spread so thin. So to keep coming back to this place where you can just be and remi remind yourself that just being is enough and taking the time to kind of step away from all of these identities and these emotions, it really helps to run a business more effectively if you're not like getting pulled around by all your emotions. Totally. So yeah, waking up has been awesome. Awesome. That's great. Uh, favorite podcast or audio book that you're listening to right now? I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I love Spirit of 608. It's for women entrepreneurs that are creating um, sustainable fashion. So it's like, very particular to someone like me, but it's, that's a really great podcast. That's probably one of the only ones I'm listening to. And I listen to yours, actually. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so, that's <laughs> I say yours. I love business ones. And I think, oh, and I like secular Buddhism as I'm into the meditation. That one's really been very helpful for me, too. So, yeah, cool. to, so and come back to what's important. That's awesome. We'll put those in the show notes as well. I've got one more question for you. If you could sit down with anybody for an hour, uh, they have to be alive, have some coffee, tea, beer, wine, uh, who would it be? These are different questions than you had in your email, by the way. They are. <laughs> I'm not prepared. Let me think. I think I'd pick Roxanne Quimby. She is the founder of Burst Bees. Oh, she, um, that's, a good, that's a good answer. I've never had that one. Yeah, she's amazing. She, she sold off most of the company to Clorox in like, I forget, early 2000s and made a lot of money. But she did so because she really wanted to use that money to buy land from Maine, where she lives, and turn them all to national parks, turn all those acres into national parks. And because there's a lot of logging going on up there. So she's really passionate about environment and, and basically starting businesses for not just for small game but how can you make the world better with that money and the way she ran the company before she sold it she was very true to her vision and she really created a market that didn't exist like first mm -hmm. fees was the first really natural kind of beautiful skincare line when it first came out so she was just kind of a pioneer in that space and she's just a powerful woman entrepreneur and i don't think there's that many that are like her that have also given their money away so easily mm -hmm. 
Cool. Cool. Yeah. That'd be a great, a great person to talk to. Haley, thanks so much for your time today. Where can people find out more about you and more about your brand? Definitely our website, which is ruchapeople.com. And our Instagram is probably where I'm most active because I share a lot of our, a lot of educational things about sustainability and just our clothing and releases in general. So I'd say our Instagram, which is Instagram slash ruchapeople. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. That went by really fast. (laughs) Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.